A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, if I preach the gospel, this is no reason for me to boast, for an obligation has been imposed on me, and woe to me if I do not preach it. If I do so willingly, I have a recompense, but if unwillingly, then I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my recompense? That when I preach, I offer the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Although I am free in regard to all, I have made myself a slave to all so as to win over as many as possible. To the weak, I became weak to win over the weak. I have become all things in all to save at least some. All this I do for the sake of the gospel so that I too may have a share in it. The word of the Lord. There was a powerful man from Benjamin named Kish. He had a son named Saul, who was a handsome young man. There was no other Israelite more handsome than Saul. He stood head and shoulders above the people. This is how the Bible introduces Saul. Not Saul of Tarsus, mind you, but Saul, the first king of Israel. We know how Saul's story goes. Things start off well, he is conquering his enemies, but he was more interested in following his own way of being king than following God's way, so God replaced him with David. It's fitting, then, that when we encounter the esteemed Pharisee and Roman citizen from Tarsus, he too is known as Saul. Like King Saul before him, Saul of Tarsus has made the fatal mistake of bending his understanding of God to fit his own ideas of what God should be doing. Surely the, the claims of these Christians couldn't be true, he thought. That's not how God is supposed to act, he thought. We know the rest of the story. He gets knocked off his proverbial horse and is compelled to be a preacher of Christ. At that moment, he faced a choice. He could either go about being a religious leader, as he always had, as one above the people. He could have leveraged his citizenship and his training in Jewish law to try to garner people's respect. In other words, he could have been another King Saul, chosen by God, but ultimately not up to the task before him. Fortunately, he did not ask as another King Saul. Rather than making his ministry to the people about himself, he put himself at the service of the people, going so far as to call himself their slave. Rather than ask for the Christian's money to support himself, he made tents for a living. Most appropriately, as he ventures elsewhere in the empire, he goes not by Saul, but by his Roman name, Paul, Paulus meaning little in Latin. For us Dominicans, this story should sound very familiar. St. Dominic founded the Order of Preachers because the religious preachers of his day had failed to undertake the humble lifestyle necessary to make their witness heard by the adherents of the heretical cult of Mani. Dominic opted for mendicancy rather than self-sufficiency, as Paul did, and for good reason. Uh, our studies would take a lot longer if we had to make tents or deliver Amazon packages. But by his abandonment of the dignity and stability of the cathedral canon, he made himself the slave to the people he served which is to say that Dominic molded his life not according to his own preferences, but to the needs of the mission before him. 
What Paul and Dominic realized was that preaching from above is sterile. It's a lesson we've had to learn as a church time and time again, as an order time and time again. Make no mistake, the temptations opposed by Paul and Dominic are still with us today. Our vows afford us a great deal of privileges. We wear a habit in public. We are called brother or father. We have access to ample education and institutional connections. In the life we live, we can easily choose the life of Saul. If our poverty makes us stingy, or our chastity makes us cold, or our obedience makes us passive or complacent, we've missed the point. There are many ways we can talk about our vows, but we shouldn't overlook the obvious. We become poor in part so that we can be credible in our preaching to the poor. We are celibate in part so that we can be credible in our preaching to the lonely. We are obedient in part so that we can be credible in our preaching to the powerless. And for that matter, we're educated in part so that we can be credible in our preaching to the educated. In other words, like St. Paul, we become all things to all people that we might save some. Admittedly, this is probably too high an aspiration for any one of us as individuals. None of us is St. Paul. But as a collective, with our diverse talents, gifts, and personalities, I believe God does want us to be all things to all people. This, brothers, is the paradoxical freedom of the cross of Jesus, in which we saved our lives by giving them away. There's no taking them back now. Yeah.